Forbidden Door, Money in the Bank, The Miz, Vince McMahon News, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Logan Paul. A lot to talk about. Kevin, how how you doing, pal? I'm great, pal. How are you? You know, we got we got to plug the uh, the Spotify stuff first. Let me answer. Go ahead. You answer my question. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just just say before we get to the plugging, Kevin. I'm doing great. It's currently 3:24 a.m. here on a Wednesday morning in Australia. I think it's about minus four degrees. Uh, the YouTube listeners will be able to viewers will be able to see me with my hood and big puffy jacket on. With that being said, Kevin, back to you. Yeah, we are at 12 five star reviews on Spotify. 12. Hey, can we get 15? Is it possible? Can we get three more? Randy like Randy Orton. Orton. Come on. Come yeah. on. Your favorite wrestler, Kevin Randy Orton. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, can we get three more? That's that's possible. But you guys are awesome for getting us past 10. So, yeah. Um, that's just unbelievable. The Spotify traction lately has been incredible. Um, and yeah, everybody's going to see Hoodie JTE. Uh, all of the uh, the video viewers. So, yeah, we got Hoodie JT in the building, pal. I'm, I'm repping Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I got, I got the, the Rock, the, the Croc gym shirts, pal. Kevin, if I wore just like a wrestler, if I wore what you were wearing right now, I'd get hypothermia mid-podcast. Like, I would, my, my body would shut down. So, I'm here now, and we've got a big show ahead of us. So, Kevin, I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right into this, and... You told me about this as soon as this happened, but you didn't give details. I want you to tell the listeners, Forbidden Door, yep. it happened a few days ago now, as of when we're all listening to this. You have a story to tell us regarding your experience of Forbidden Door, so I'll throw it to you. Talk to us. Yes. So I, um, I watched Forbidden Door from Mexico, um, and I, you know, you know, you know for, for purposes, for research purposes, right? I was watching it uh, in Mexico. And yeah, I was like, I remember I was texting um, one of the group chats on Twitter, you know, Brian's in there and some other close friends of the show. And I'm like, man, this is like, what, during the, the Legends match, the six-man tag that was the buffer between um, Osprey and Omega and the main event, Danielson and Okada. We had Chris Jericho calling Steve Borden a whore. And I'm like, bro, it's like 1130 my time at this point. And I'm like, I can't take this anymore. Like, I, I, I have to go to sleep. This show is too long. It's a Sunday. I got to be up in five hours. Like, I can't do this. And I, and I tried to stick it through. I tried to watch the entire show. Jericho and Sting put me out. They put me asleep. They, they did. They put me asleep. Uh, so that's why the Elite Heat podcast yesterday, on Monday was an hour late because i didn't get to upload the podcast the night before like i usually do I had to upload it the day of um but yeah tony khan uh put on to some a sleep inducing show and, and, I, and i'm not saying that disparagingly i'm saying that because it's a sunday and the show is four hours long we got 10 matches you know jeez man it was crazy but i did wake up in time to catch danielson and okada i watched that like half asleep um, and I watched it again, and I thought the match was good. It was very good. It was actually quite impressive that Danielson wrestled that match with a broken forearm, or whatever they whatever they're calling the injury with a bet with an injured forearm. Um, that was just like wow, yeah. But what, what did you think of the show, pal? With the Danielson thing, do you know when he actually like broke it or when he did it? Because I was watching it. No, I watched this back because I don't watch this live. I watched it in hindsight. Everyone had told me, oh my God, Brian, yeah, he, he broke his arm. He, oh my God, oh my God. I was watching it thinking, okay, is, is this going to be like a, a Triple H 
Saudi Arabia 2018, where you can clearly see the moment the injury happens and it's like hard to watch from there. But I was watching this, the first 20 minutes of the match, it seemed like nothing was wrong that we could tell. And then he started like laboring and holding it the last like five to eight minutes. So was there like a, just remind me, was there a spot in there? Cause I, I didn't notice. I, I couldn't tell either. I, I, I couldn't tell. Like, like I, I thought he was just selling the injury. You know, when they're yeah. like, oh, you got like Tony Schiavone, like, oh, he can't move his other arm. He can't lock him into the bell lock. I thought it was just storytelling. So I, I didn't notice it. I'm sure one of the viewers slash listeners noticed. Somebody will let us yeah. know in the comments. So, yeah, that's always appreciated. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about the show in general. Just yeah. overall uh, thoughts on Forbidden Door. I thought it was pretty good. As somebody that watched just about the whole show, um, I thought it was pretty good. Really, the only match I missed was that Legends match, and it was so atrocious that it put me to sleep. But we knew that going in. We knew going in it was not going to be a good match. It was going to be a, a novelty act. We'll say that. But overall, I thought the show was probably maybe... I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. You know, it was good. It was solid. Uh, the opening match was very good. MJF came out trolling. What did you think of that? What did you think of MJF's attire? Loved it hilarious that sort of stuff's great it's just you know acknowledging facts in many ways but like doing it in a heel mjf way it played to his character so i thought that was really good uh, i like that they had him open as well and the whole thing was that i'm gonna open i'm leaving because i don't want to watch just indie matches i don't care see ya like i thought that was really well done uh and just generally i mean i'll give my brief thoughts and throw back to you for your thoughts i thought the show was pretty well done uh, I thought it was better than the the NXT Worlds Collide shows we had a couple of years back. I thought this was just like presented better. I like the fact they had like the Japanese ring announcer as well, and the way they presented the like the North American and the Japanese thing on the same like way. I thought the presentation of the set was good. The crowd was pretty into the show. We had our friend Pav there um, at the event, so you know I thought the crowd was into it. The crowd made especially that Osprey Omega match. The crowd made it top level. Um, really helped the match and really made it better. So I feel like if, especially Osprey and Mega, if that happens in front of like a silent Japanese crowd, yeah, it's a great match, but there's no one here as good as this ended up being. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, I like the Punk match as well. I thought the, the reaction Punk got was interesting. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that, but yeah, overall, pretty good show, I'd say. Yeah, so I want to talk about Osprey Omega for a second before we talk about yep. Punk. That match was, man, that match was really good. And it's to be expected. Those two guys, whenever they get in the ring, it's 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 a spectacle. They mesh well. They have similar styles. They're two of the best wrestlers in the world. And yep. we got what we got. But that spot where Osprey dropped Omega on his neck. Oof. Eh. Oof. Um. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I, I was speechless watching it. I'm like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, why? Like, what is the point? Of doing that what what does that accomplish for anyone involved like kenny omega is i don't want to say he's the face of aew but he's one of the faces of aew he's one of the reasons why we're here he has nothing left to prove one two he's like 40 i don't think he should be taking spots like that anymore so what did you think about it well i was asking the same question i saw that and thought what what is the purpose of this because that match would have been I don't know what Meltzer's given it. It'll probably get six, seven stars one of these matches. Like, the match will get in incredible praise regardless of that spot. You don't need that for the match to be great. And the way the match was worked, how the, you know, the crowd was involved, the stuff with Callus, Light, 
just generally. But this is the way the two guys work together. As you say, they're both just excellent at the in-ring component of wrestling. They're both some of the best ever at it, realistically, from that perspective. So it was just, it was a great match. It wasn't necessary. And that, that was one of the big things where there were a couple of spots on this show, mainly during that match with that one, where you just thought, eh, it's, 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 it's going to be good without that. And that's just risk Omega's life for no real reason. Like, yeah, literally. I don't know. It's interesting. But then, yeah, CM Punk, uh, he's like a heel, I guess, in Canada. I don't really understand it. I mean, I, I know the elite. They're like the softest fan base in wrestling. They have the softest fan base in wrestling, rather. But I understand why those guys with Boosie and Punk, he's a heel. To all elite fans. To all of the elite fans. I shouldn't say all elite fans, but... um, What? Oh, Kevin. Oh, no. Yeah. No, and he's like... He's a representation of, like, quote-unquote, real wrestling, as the other side would label it. So they're like, oh, we only watch the Punk stuff, or whatever, you know, however that goes. Um, I don't know. It makes for an interesting dynamic, seeing him get booed and, and cheered. He's playing into it. But at some point, like, something's got to give with that. I don't think they can realistically go down this path of having CM Punk getting booed and cheered. And this, like, cloud, this black cloud of, like, oh, he can't be in the same locker room as Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Uh, something's got to give with that at some point. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's, like, I don't think that's manageable for the, for the, like, the, in the long-term future, don't you think? I know. Like, was there ever, Kevin, and you're a good wrestling historian with this. Obviously, most of your channel and your brand is stuff like this. I'll ask you, has this ever been a thing in WWE where the top stars just literally can't be on the same show? It's like if backstage there was such heat with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels that they made a show on Sunday night for one of them. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, has this ever been a thing? Because it's, it seems like we're watching... A, fir- a wrestling first play out in front of our eyes with this CM Punk elite, how it's being managed, how Punk has to have his, his buddies on one new Saturday night show just to not be on Wednesday with the, the other guys who has the beef with. And I don't know, is this ever something ever like this happened before? Or? No, not really. I mean, no, not that I can think of. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels is really the only like kind of parallel that you could even remotely draw. There's nothing else even in the similar ballpark. You know what I mean? It's um, it's that situation where those guys couldn't get along, but they still were able to go out and do business. But there was a lot of stuff leaking behind the scenes, and then a lot of that stuff played out on camera with like Shawn Michaels making the Sunny Days comment to Bret Hart, and you know Bret making fun of him proposing in a in a Playgirl magazine. So some of those things played out in real life, um, on camera. But aside from that, like yeah, no, there's been nothing where it's like oh we're gonna have this guy on SmackDown. And all his buddies, no, of course, you know, there's nothing like that that's happened. But the, the Brett and Sean thing is interesting just because Brett was like a heel in certain areas and he was a babyface internationally. So it's similar in that aspect, but nothing really like it. And pal, one thing I will say now as well, I was watching this show and I guess the lens I watched this through, probably similar to yours, but I don't watch this show and think, oh my God, just wrestling. Oh my God. I, I'm watching it thinking as far as, what we discussed last show, like the power rankings of these AW wrestlers, who's the sort of top guy? Like, like what's the sort of hierarchy in AW? Like, this is the sort of thing I'm thinking while watching this show. So I've got a question for you. When I, when I look at AW, I think there are five real kind of top guys, you could argue. Um, we discussed last show with CM Punk. Then Brian Danielson, who's main evented now in 2023, 
you may have entered the first show revolution against MJF in the Iron Man match. He may have entered double or nothing in the anarchy in the arena. And then he may have entered this show. So Brian Danielson's may have entered all three this year. So he, his name should be up there. Kenny Omega, as you touch on, he's one of like the, the pioneer faces of the, the company. MJF's the world champion. And John Moxley's like been the heart and soul for four years, pretty much. So those five names, Punk, Danielson, Omega, MJF, Moxley, question for you. And then I'll, I guess, answer in return. Out of those, is there like one clear top guy? Is Danielson, Punk the top guy? Like who's the, the kind of weakest of the five? Do you have one? Like what, what do we think? And it depends who you ask. The, yeah. the average everyday person is going to look at AEW and they're going to say, okay, CM Punk's the top guy. Without question. They're going to be like, that's the guy I know. I don't know anyone else. I've never heard of Kenny Omega. Never heard of MJF. I know CM Punk. He's the top guy. Then there's the people that like WWE and like that style of wrestling that will say CM Punk as well. But then there's the elite fans that will say Kenny Omega. You know? So it's really intriguing. And then John Moxie, I, I honestly I think John Moxie has a really good case to be the top guy. John Moxie's been the guy that's been there through like through and through. He wasn't like Punk taking time off, you know, or Omega taking time off for injuries and brawls and what have you. John Moxley is through and through, through the pandemic, after the pandemic, he stepped up when Punk got hurt the first time, stepped in as interim champion, had a great summer last year. I, I think there's a case for him, but I, I think realistically, the top guy, the guy that's bringing the ratings, the guy that's bringing the merchandise sales, the guy that's drawing numbers on pay-per-view, that's CM Punk. And it's going to be him until he can't do it anymore. No, I, I tend to agree with you. I think last show, which was a couple of days ago now, we had, I think we discussed that Punk was the clear one. And then from there, who's next? And yeah, watching that Brian Danielson Okada match, especially the, I mean, the video package they had where it's like, yeah, Brian Danielson, I'm the best wrestler. I'm out here hiking in the mountains. I'm in the desert. Okada, the, the, the rainmaker, there's like no rain in the desert. I'm be the best in the world, yada, yada. Then he comes out, the final countdown, they do the match and he wrestles through the injury. And I was watching that thinking, like Brian, as, as I just said, is main evented literally every AW pay-per-view this year. Clearly, Tony Khan views him as like the absolute best of the best. And he's, I guess in that regard, the face or the the top guy, one of them in the company because he main events every pay-per-view. So I found that interesting. It just really kind of hit me that, yeah, Brian's main evented every show this year for them. That's pretty nuts. Uh, and then the rest of it, yeah, MJF is the world champion. We'll see with him. I feel like what happens with this this whole contract situation when that comes up and whether he extends the AW or whether he goes to the E, that, that'll define his legacy, I feel like, where he goes from there and really kind of in a holding pattern until then. But yeah, Kevin, I, I don't know. I've, I've had an interesting discussion. It really is who you ask. Some will just say Omega no matter what. Omega's the best wrestler there by far and you can't tell me otherwise. That's what a certain portion will tell you. Uh, some will just tell you it's punk and there's no debate. Others will say Moxley. Yeah, I think I just thought that. I thought it would be worth a discussion. So, there yeah, there's a good case for all of them. Daniel Bryan or uh, Brian Danielson is up there for sure too. But like you said, I mean, you made the case for him, but he was already like a top guy in WWE for all those years, and then he comes to AEW and he fits AEW like a like a glove. It's a perfect fit, and he's he's shown that he's valuable in a lot of ways. I mean, he can main event pay per views, he can open pay per views, he can wrestle whoever, and it's exciting. He's a guy that can have dream matches with anyone that you want. You want to put him in there with Omega, build that as a dream match, just have them wrestle for the sake of them wrestling, you could do it. Yeah. You put him in there with Moxley, you could put him in there with Punk. They haven't even done, really, they haven't done a lot of things that they can do with, with Danielson. Yeah. And we're still, you know, we still have a lot of time to go with that.
Um, but yeah, I mean, anything else you want to talk about from Forbidden Door? Did we miss something? Um, I mean, we covered really the main stuff there. The one thing I want to do just before we jump ship to, I mean, some WWA topics, pal. Jump and ship, pal. Real quick, as far as how this show ranks um, with Forbidden Door, because as you know, Kevin, as our podcast is, we try and give you what you need to know. Where does this show rank? Is this a show you like must watch? Is this show, where does it rank compared to the 2023 pay-per-views and premium live events? I'll just start by saying, I think 2023 thus far has been the best year for premium live events in, I don't know how long. We've got AW shows are consistently pretty good. I'd say as a blanket term on the whole, some matches are excellent, but generally watchable, pretty good shows. WWE's premium live events are the best they've been since I don't even know how long. Everyone is worth watching and notable for a certain reason and feels big in its own right. So yeah, I guess compared Kevin to WrestleMania 39, probably Revolution, Elimination Chamber, Backlash. Where does this show rank? I think you said a seven, you fell asleep in the the Sting and Jericho match, but where where would you rank it compared to them? Yeah, I mean, I'd give it a seven, um, like I said. And I I would say this is probably the best, no, not probably, this is the best AEW pay-per-view of the year so far. Uh, the most watchable you know that's what i would rank it as like if you're looking at <clears throat> you know double or nothing was good but i, I double or nothing didn't have the same flow that forbidden door had uh revolution has some good matches you know uh, mjf first danielson as we mentioned but I, I just think forbidden door just flowed really well uh everything made sense from a booking standpoint aside from the jericho sting stuff uh you know we had naito there they they they, they threw him in there so they could say okay this is new japan's involved somehow bring out naito other than that, Forbidden Door, good stuff. Bro, imagine this Wednesday on Dynamite, Jericho grabs a mic and calls out Steve Borden again. Oh, man. Whew. Can't wait. Can't wait, pal. But yeah, I would say, like I said, Forbidden Door, best AEW pay-per-view of the year. Now, where does it rank amongst WWE pay-per-views or overall pay-per-views, if we're including WWE? That's a better question. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, what, what, do you, like, what, what is it for you? Like, for me, I, WrestleMania 39, I think it's the top of the top. I don't yeah. think anything's beating that. And then I think uh, I'd probably say Backlash, probably the second best show after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do you think? I agree with that. I, I think if you, you rank it, I say WrestleMania 39, because it's like the grandeur of it all, the spectacle, a lot of, it just felt like a really big, it, it felt like a real WrestleMania this year, which is something now with three months removed, I think it's a big like tick for WWE. That felt like a big show. And then for me, I look at Backlash and the Elimination Chamber. I thought both of them were really good in their own way. Uh, I think Forbidden Doors around there, maybe a tick below, uh, just because, I mean, the main event, I, I don't know. This, like, the Forbidden Door show, as we discussed, it's, it's very much sort of fantasy matches that don't really have that much bearing on the AEW product week to week. It's more so like a fantasy show of matches with Danielson Okada, Osprey Omega's rematch, and, you know, you got MJF Tanahashi and all these sort of bouts. So, yeah, I probably rank Forbidden Door maybe I don't know, third, fourth, something like that. I thought it was probably seven and a half, eight out of ten. I liked it a little bit more than you did. Maybe that's because I didn't watch it live on a Sunday night. I didn't fall asleep watching Jericho Sting. It's probably why where my opinion comes from. I thought it was just yeah, show flowed well. I liked seeing you know, you know generally most of the show. There were some parts where I was like eh, and th- that part was probably the Tony Storm Willow match, and then the you know Sonata Jack Perry match. I was watching those just sort of like, eh, let's get to the next match. Yeah, that match Got bored me, me to tears too. That Sonata Jack Perry. Oh, man. Like, like they, they've made, New Japan has made the IWGP Heavyweight Championship so unimportant. 
and they just did it that like this is a big platform for them on an AEW pay per view, and they're like, here you can have gonna wrestle uh, our champions gonna wrestle one of your jobbers. Go ahead, here you go. Yeah, no, I think they they could cut off like two matches from the main show, and this would have been probably an eight and a half, nine out of ten. I reckon because it just it it's those so much it just it just made it drag a bit and for you watching this live on a, a Sunday night you need to be up in five hours and you're watching yeah Jack Perry wrestling for this title that's felt meaningless in like a 12 15 minute match you're just like get on with it just get on with it come on come on get on with it get on with it come it, on come on come on but um yeah that's my opinion pal anything else on forbidden door or do you want to move on I want to talk about collision just for like three minutes Yes. So the second episode of AEW Collision is now in the bag, pal. It's in the books. Put it in the history books. CM Punk, uh, <laughs> CM Punk and his buddies collided on Saturday night for our viewing pleasure. And uh, the ratings dropped significantly. There was a big, big ratings drop. So the first episode of Collision did a whopping, what was it, a, uh, let's see. Whopping 832,000 viewers to watch CM Punk make his triumphant second return to wrestling. And then this week's episode of <laughs> Collision got 595,000 viewers. Whew. Wow, what a decline. Uh, I mean, I, I predicted this. I, I said it would be like 400,000 viewers within like three months. But I mean, this is the second episode and they're already trending towards that 400,000 viewer number. I, I just, I can't see the network and, and like anybody behind this financially and fiscally being behind having a second live show just for cm punk and his buddies because he can't shake other grown men's hands and then like i can't i can't see them justifying this every week for the next like two three four five years like they're not going to generate ad revenue you know they're not even going to make enough to pay cm punk his salary the only way they can do this is if they have cm punk and like a bunch of low budget wrestlers on the show you know, it's just like CM Punk and, and a cast and crew from AW Dark and the, the show where Cody was calling people from his office, giving them tryouts, just people from those shows. Like, what what else are we going to do? We can't have, we can't put Brian Danielson, MJF, um, John Moxley, can't put those guys on this show. They're not going to make enough money to pay them all. Whack. Wow. That's that's big, big take from you. And I, I <laughs> sorry, just to clarify, can you please read the week one number? And the week two number. Just can you just read the numbers, please, back to back? Yeah. So, the, so week number one of CM Punk and his buddies colliding on Saturday night drew eight hundred thirty-two thousand viewers, and the okay. second night, the second week, I should say, drew five hundred ninety-five thousand viewers. Okay. I feel like the best sort of comparison for the numbers for this is probably NXT, as far as kind of where they should hope to get. Because Kevin, as you say. What do you think, because that show during the 500,000s, where do you think Collision's sort of average is? Because NXT's has been around, I guess, 600,000. They've done 700 on a really good week, but generally in the 500s to 600 to 650. Collision, so that's the second episode. I can't even crack 600,000 viewers. It's a Saturday night. It's Punk and his buddies. Where do you think? Like, what's your prediction? Let's make this, let's, let's, do, let's do a little game now. In... Let's say, because it's the end of June, we'll give it two and a half months. We'll say just after All In, after All Out, it's the middle of September. What rating is Collision doing, like averaging? I'm going to say they'll be averaging, I'll say 480. I think they'll, they'll be just a tick below 500. And then for Collision, they're like million, like how Dynamite's been. Oh, can they crack a million? 
Collision's million will be 500,000. It's like, can they crack 500K? No. Collision 474 this week. <laughs> like, I think it'll be it'll be something like that. So that's my prediction, Kevin. What are you thinking? Two and a half, three months? What are we talking about for collision ratings? Yeah, I think they'll be sitting at like 430,000. I think that's the number I would, I would put them at. I, I think their million would be like 700,000. I think that would be like the absolute peak or, you know, maybe they'll hit like 750 or something, but I don't think they're going to come close to that 832,000 viewer number. I just, I don't see it. It's not plausible to think that that's like, that's going to happen on a Saturday night every week. There's too much competition on a Saturday night, too many things to do. Um, but yeah, you can compare them to NXT and NXT is not paying Cody Rhodes $4 million dollars you know wwe's not paying him four million bucks to go strut his stuff out in, in nxt on the usa yeah. network every single week like it's just i don't know i don't know how tony khan swung that deal bro i i i don't know shout out to him i guess the network owed him one for taking dynamite off tnt that's the only thing i could think of yeah no that's a good point and yeah we, we can move on but yeah yeah no, all right pal so fun. i got a new story that i want to break to you pal yep uh the miz Feels mm-hmm. like he deserves his respect. Now, he won an episode of Raw Talk. So this is what eight years, seven years removed from his infamous SmackDown promo, where he got beat red and yelled at Brian Danielson. So I got a quote for you. This is from the Miz. All right, Tommaso Ciampa confronted him on Raw yesterday, and this is what Miz had to say on Raw Talk. Ciampa confronted me? Question mark. He sucker punched me? Question mark. I had my arms wide open. My good buddy, my friend, Tommaso Ciampa, is back in WWE. Give me a hug, buddy. He sucker punches me. That's the thanks I get for everything I've done for him. For all the opportunities I've given him, he's mad that I didn't call him. Oh, he didn't call me. He didn't text me. Boo freaking who. I don't call anybody. You call me. We were just in Cleveland, my hometown. You think I called any of my friends that I went to high school with? My longtime friends? No, I don't call them. They called me. They want to hang out with me. I'm the superstar. Do we understand that? Put some respect on my name. I am tired of the lack of respect that I get. I'm the two-time Grand Slam champion. What's he done? Granted, he is an immense talent. There is no denying the talent that he has. But he has not done it here in WWE. I am the veteran. Anything else? No, because you don't matter. I matter. So the storyline here is that The Miz is like this grandiose veteran you know, he's like Kobe out on the court showing like a, like a young Nick Young. You know, he's showing Nick Young like how to, how to, make, how to do moves, pal. Like, watch me. Yep. I'm the guy. You know, we're, we're, yep. we're going to do, uh, do sprints, suicides. And that's kind of what they're going for with this storyline. It's just the Miz. The Miz being, being portrayed at this light. It's weird. This guy was like a comedic relief. For like 10 years in a row and now he's out here big leaguing Tommaso Ciampa like he's I don't get it he's he's presenting he's presenting himself like he's a tribal chief like he's this big time superstar Kevin this is the guy who forgot the phone number for the divas search yes this this is the guy who every week Miz TV pal it's the Miz you know this is and you talk about the, the respect thing Kevin, I'm going to real quick, this will take like 20 seconds, read The Miz's resume because he touches on here. This is The Miz. This is a guy who many have said he can't wrestle. His 
like there's no real memorable segments outside of him shoot yelling at Brian Danielson on a backstage SmackDown segment seven years ago. This is his this is his resume. Two-time WWE champion, eight-time Intercontinental champion, two-time US champion, four WWE tag titles, two SmackDown tag titles, two World Tag titles. He's won the Money in the Bank. He's won the Mixed Match Challenge, which means nothing. 25th Triple Crown champion, fifth Grand Slam champion, first two-time Grand Slam champion. He's won some Slammy Awards. He, like, he's done all this. He's been in movies, straight to DVD, bargain bin films for WWE Studios. He's had his own like game show, reality shows, Power, Miz and Misses. All this, this 15, 20-year career. And we still we don't really care. And I, I guess the Miz is talking about the respecting the promo. No. Why, why should we have to show you respect? I get this is his heel thing, but why should we care? Just as a genuine question. Like, I, I don't know, Kevin. You've been a, an arduent, tried and true Miz fan. You've, you've grown up. You've been watching Miz. You've said, Mom, Dad, friends, come on, come over. Come on, Miz is on the screen. Miz is on the screen. Kofi King, it's a Miz TV. Come on, come on, get the popcorn. <laughs> get the chips. Come on, get the enchiladas. Come on, come on. Hey, shh, shh, shh. Miz is on. Shh. That's been you, pal. So talk to us, pal. Miz 2023. This is his grizzly veteran gimmick, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that nearly had a stroke review while reviewing elimination chamber 2021 that, that that review changed the course of my entire life literally changed the way i think about everything now you know so <laughs> maybe i'm not the right guy to talk about the miz maybe who knows um but i mean this is like this is ludicrous bro ludicrous enough 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 with this guy you know i, I just I don't get it. The whole thing, like the whole I deserve better promo. You deserve what? What do you deserve? You've done it all. Literally done it all. You named the whole resume. Now, can you tell me any memorable moment from one of those eight Intercontinental Championship reigns aside from yelling at Brian Danielson and a good match with Ziggler? Can you tell me any mem memorable <laughs> moments from that those two WWE title reigns? No, you can't. Can you tell me any memorable, memorable moments from any of those eight World Tag Team Championship reigns? But like a good youtube segment that him and morrison shot on their iphones in like 2008 like th the guy is the epitome of average which is fine nothing wrong with that a guy like the miz does well in corporate america you know the guy the, this is what the miz is in a real life job you're at your let's say you work at google right the miz is the guy that's 64 years old that's been working at the same cubicle for 35 years that clocks in on time doesn't complain, does what the managers want him to do, and goes home on time, and is like, you know, helps people with like any questions, like, hey, you got a question, you know, you need help dealing with this problem, yeah, I got you. That's the miss. Nothing great about him. Nothing really bad about him. Am I right? Brilliant analogy. Brilliant analogy. That, bang on, bang on, yeah. It, it's basically when it comes to praising a guy like that, you're being told he's worked there a long time and he comes to work and he does his job fine and nothing outstanding. He's just a job fine. And we, we must love him. And it's like, well, no, we, we don't. We like, it's just, you know, and I just love one more thing. Your elimination chamber, 2021 review infamous. If you haven't seen that or you don't know, you maybe you're a new elite listener or you haven't seen 
didn't see that review from Kevin. Legitimately, he nearly had an aneurysm and a stroke in the review. It was like an eight-minute review. Yeah. It it was the first few minutes. It built in nicely, and then it was just him just being like, basically, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I feel like it's 2011 all over again. I feel like I'm in like the eighth grade. I'm watching The Miz as WWE champion. I'm, are you kidding me? Is this a dream? It was incredible. But yeah, yeah. And, enough and, about this guy. In, in, our, in our life segment, I'll I'll tell the story about how that changed my entire life. So that I think that's a juicy story. I think I can tell that one now. It's pretty safe. Um, but yeah, now the transition. Let's talk about Vincent Kennedy McMahon, pal. Yes. Vince Jr., the Booker, the owner. Let's give it up to him. Actually, matter of fact, let's applaud to him. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is back, making changes on the fly to SmackDown and Raw. Shout out to him. The greatest Booker, the greatest mind in the history of pro wrestling, is back doing what he does best. He's showing Paul Levesque how to run a show, pal. All right. I don't know what changes he made exactly to SmackDown and Raw, but I know he he nixed like some Money in the Bank related matches and segments and was like, nah, this is what we're doing, pal. Um, so for those of you that watched the show fully, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Like I, like I watched SmackDown and Raw and was tuned into every single second of it. You could probably attest that the quality of shows dipped in the ones that Vincent Kennedy McMahon had his hands directly in, being this yesterday's show and Friday's SmackDown. Um, so... Any and all thoughts on the return of Vince Jr., pal? Oh, pal, very exciting. Just thrilling. No, I will say I, I caught a good bit of SmackDown, bits of Raw. I'm not going to say the shows were just way worse than usual. I'm not going to say they were – they weren't that much different. I thought SmackDown was – it was a typical Roman's not there. What can we do with the, the characters in the bloodline to make them somewhat interesting? What they did with Sheamus and Sokoa, I liked. I thought Sheamus is a perfect matchup for Sokoa, so I thought that was good. On the Raw side of things, Cody's dog pal, Pharaoh. Uh, and then I liked having um, Melo Hayes make his like Raw debut. I thought that was all done well. But just generally, yeah, nothing... If you miss Raw or you miss SmackDown for this past week, I'm not going to lie and say you missed much because you really didn't. You just missed a bit more money in the bank build. But Kevin, we're, we're ready for money in the bank. We're ready to get to this big show. And I think that being said, are you ready to preview it, pal? Oh, yeah. Let's do it, pal. The only thing I'm going to say is that apparently Vince is going to have more creative uh, control as, as the okay. weeks go by. So, I don't know. We got to enjoy the Paul Levesque era while we got it. I'll say that. All right. With that being said, this could be the very last Paul Levesque era PLE. Money in the Bank 2023. Let's get to it, pal. All right. Go ahead. Kevin, so are you saying, are you calling it now on the show? Is Wrestling Uncovered, Kevin, saying the SummerSlam 2023's main event will be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar? Again. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. No, no, I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll just ask you just, to kick this off. We ask this for every preview, but I think it's, a, it's just a really good, relevant question. Where's your excitement? Where's your interest level for this show? You can give us a number out of 10, but just generally. Money in the Bank 2023, this weekend, where's your interest? I'm going to go like a flat five and a half on my interest level for this show. I, I, I'm just not into it. I'm not into the Money in the Bank thing. Um, Gunther versus Matt Riddle doesn't really do it for me. The, the match will be good, I know, but do I want to watch Gunther beat up a cokehead for like 20 minutes? I, I don't know. You know? Um... Ronda Rousey is Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. I mean, it sounds like a good time to go get fried chicken. Um, 
I'm definitely interested in, in the Bloodline versus the Usos match. That's honestly the only match that I'm really super looking forward to. And the Men's Money in the Bank. Men's Money in the Bank's going to be good. I would say it's those two matches that are carrying the show. Um, but, like, my interest level's not that high because I can kind of forecast what we're going to get from both matches. You know, you can kind of see how the Bloodline thing is going to go. I don't know what possible swerves they could throw at us. Like, the only thing I could think of is, like, Paul Heyman just walking out on Roman leaving Roman to die. And then Paul Heyman just being like, yeah, I accepted a job offer at, at AEW, done, or whatever. Like, that's the only, like, real, like, wild card I could see happening with the Bloodline stuff. Uh, and then the men's money in the bank, I mean, if it's not Logan Paul, I don't know who else is going to win it. What's the point of having Logan Paul there if he's not going to win? And then you're going to give, what, L- you're going to give LA Knight the briefcase to have LA Knight get a buddy and cash in on the tag team titles? I know. And, Kevin, I think we need to start on this. The LA Knight thing, I've seen a lot of people that I know just saying LA Knight must win. Why? For what? I know. For what? Like, Seth Rollins has the world heavyweight title. The whole thing with him is that he'll challenge anyone. LA Knight can just wrestle Seth Rollins. Are you going to have LA Knight face Roman Reigns? Really? Is that, the, is that what? Really? Kevin, I'm, I was really? thinking of this. Kevin, I was thinking about this when I was driving home, just in preparation of this podcast. I'm thinking to myself, so you're telling me, Dumb Bob Yui, this is Nick Khan's company. Nick Khan talked for years in interviews, Kevin, about how they want mainstream appeal, That's wrestlers so like Logan Paul, wrestlers who are sort of, I guess, more household names in that regard, being in Dumb Bob Yui, Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, these types. You're telling me in a match where Logan Paul is like the only wrestler who's made us, for instance, really care that they're going to have LA Knight win? Like, LA Knight's getting good crowd reactions. Don't get me wrong. This isn't an LA Knight hate on him first. I think he's really good. But you really think LA Knight's going to win a match in Money in the Bank where Logan Paul's in it? You think WWE's not going to have Logan Paul win Money in the Bank then come out with the briefcase saying, I'm the Money in the Bank holder. And he's like all hyped. And he's like, I'm going to cash in on it. That's just where they're going to go. That's just, it just makes sense. So inevitably when there's backlash, oh, I didn't win. He was screwed. Bah, okay, cool. He was screwed. Okay, LA Knight wins. Then what? Seth Rollins is doing open challenges for everyone and their mother. So you don't need money in the bank to face Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns, is LA Knight going to beat Roman Reigns? Really? So he's not going to win it. Really? Logan's going to win. Over to you, pal. Talk to us. What? No, no, I was just gonna. I finished my point anyway. But yeah, what do you think? You know, like you know, like my Miz impression. He deserves better. He's been disrespected, pal. Yeah, for those of you that can't see, I'm leaning into my microphone um, to get a more connection, pal, with the Miz impression. You know, <laughs> so Men's Money in the Bank. Uh, well, let's let's just talk about that. Let's just. Yep. You, you already said the nail on the head. You said everything I wanted to say about LA Knight and then some. Um, so I'll, I'll add this: the match is gonna be fucking fun. It's going to be fun. Pardon my French. It's going to be a fun match. Ricochet, Logan Paul, Damian Priest, Butch, Santos Escobar, Nakamura, and LA Knight. And not the most star-studded cast and crew, but damn, all those guys can wrestle, man. All of them. All of them can wrestle. It's going to be a hell, of a, ma- a hell of a match. It could be one of the best, if not the best, men's money in the bank ladder match that we've ever seen when it's all said and done. Who knows what these guys are going to do, you know? We might get like a, a Jeff Hardy WrestleMania 17 like spot 
from Logan Paul. You know, Logan Paul's holding on to the briefcase. Boom, Ricochet kicks him off the briefcase. They both they both fly down from the heavens. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, Kevin, I'll just say one more thing on this because I know personally I discussed near enough all the spots and everything about this in our last show. What I will say is this. We discussed Kenny Omega and how he didn't need to take that spot. Like, he's already an established guy and in that Forbidden Door match. Was it really necessary? The wrestlers in this, Logan Paul aside, I mean, and Damian Priest sort of, but he's not really made, made yet. This sort of cast of wrestlers, none of them are Roman Reigns. None of them are Cody. None of them are Seth Rollins. They're not, I mean, besides Logan Paul, none of them like the top stars who just don't need to do a big spot to make the career. Basically what I'm saying here, Kevin, is that in this match, a wrestler like Butch, a wrestler like Ricochet, maybe Nakamura, but Santos Escobar, wrestlers like that, if they do some like dangerous, oh my God spot, that's like legacy career defining for them. For someone like Butch, if he does some insane ladder spot, like that, like a Jeff Hardy spot from, you know, like the 2000s at the ladder, you're going to look at Butch and that'll be what you define him with. So in many regards, like that match, that's what's going to make this so good, I think, because these guys aren't established. They're not going to play it safe. A lot of these guys, they're just going to go out there, balls to the wall for 20 minutes, do whatever insane spots they can do with the ladder because they're trying to make their careers, which is what's going to make the match so fun. Logan Paul will win. Um, don't be surprised when he does. If LA Knight wins, I'd be shocked. I'm being honest. I think if he wins, it'd be like, well, what? Huh? Because, he's okay, the crowd's cheering him and saying, yeah, awesome, great. He's copied The Rock's mannerisms, move for move. Cool, awesome. But he doesn't need to win money in the bank. Logan Paul's going to win, so... Yeah, that's all I have to say, pal. Anything else on that? Or can we... Uh, I, I, I just want to say about the LA Knight Rock thing. The Rock copied Ric Flair's cadence. I, I, I'll just leave that there. I digress. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about this one. Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio with Mami in, uh, in his corner. This is a singles match. Um, I don't really know how to describe this match. I, I don't really know what to say. It's Cody versus Dominic. Like, if, if you're asking me, like, someone, like, if I say I watch this show with, like, a family member, and they're like, why is this match happening? What, what would you say? I'd be honest. I'd say they're trying to get through to SummerSlam, where they're going to do Cody versus Brock. Cody's the biggest baby face in the company. They're just trying to get him on the show somehow against someone who's, I guess, fairly relevant with Don Mysterio. He gets good heel reactions pretty much just a filler biting time match the match will be good no doubt about it it's cody and dom they have the, the uk crowd there booing dom knowing that crowd they probably think of some hilarious chance expect dom is a wanker chance expect that expect some general stuff booing dom dom sucks dom sucks Boo. like dom will take off a bandana or he'll he'll do anything he'll like you know play with his elbow pad Ooh. Like, stuff like that. It'll be funny, but, yeah, that question, why is it happening? I couldn't really tell you. They did some they did some Miz TV segments. They did some promo-offs in the ring. Basically, Dom's a disrespectful heel. Cody's trying to get through to SummerSlam. Yeah, that's, like, all it is. So yeah, my point being, you kind of you got to the point I was trying to make, is that they just had nothing else to do with Cody, you know? They didn't want to have Cody versus Seth Rollins. They didn't want to burn that real quick, just have Cody go in and lose to the world champion. And they don't really have anything else for him to do. They wanted, they didn't want to put him in the money in the bank for some reason 
I guess that would have casted a shadow over it because then you'd be on the show screaming, Cody needs to win. And, and that, that would be the, the, the narrative going into the pay-per-view. So maybe that's why they didn't do it. But yeah, it's just a match here for the sake of having a match. Uh, Cody versus Dominic should be maybe like a three and a half star, maybe 3.75, four star match. I'm not expecting anything to like blow my socks off. I'm not expecting to, to have the way I view wrestling changed and perspective altering moments. Um, this is not gonna gonna forecast a new future, a new uh, style of pro wrestling, a new style of promos, nothing like that. It's just gonna be there on the show. And yeah, I digress. Go so ahead, pal. You don't think this match is gonna be Savage Steamboat? No, no, I do not know. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. A lot of people love Cody. That's probably gonna upset a lot of people. But no, this is not gonna be Savage uh, Steamboat. Val, what's your prediction for who wins? Like, how, how do you think this ends? I think Cody wins clean. I think that's the only way to do it. Uh, maybe they could do something where, like, I don't know, it seems like they're kind of setting up for Brandy to make an appearance. They could have Brandy come out and slap Rhea Ripley. I mean, we got the dog. We got the pharaoh. You know, Rhea Ripley's yeah. out there. Brandy comes out, yeah. slaps Rhea Ripley. Dominic's like, oh, my God, he hit my mommy. And then Cody cross-rolls him three and a half times, and boom, get a one, two, three. I don't. I really don't know. Like, I, I, I want to say that WWE won't just have Cody crossroads. Dominic stands on his chest like 10 minutes in and just be like, yeah, I'm the guy. This guy sucks. I don't think they'll do that to one of their like up-and-coming heels, but right. what else can they do? They can't, they can't have Dominic beat Cody, right? I think they can. I, I think Brock comes down and costs Cody the match. Yeah, that, yeah I forgot about that. There's always the Brock appearance. Do. Then what they could do is have literally for months, Dom Singers, I beat Cody Rhodes. I beat Cody Rhodes. Ah, I beat Cody. I didn't need the bloodline to beat him. I beat Cody clean. Ha! Ah. And then Ray Ripley's like, my man, he beat Cody Rhodes. <laughs> and that's just their new thing. Even though it'll probably be because the referee's down, Brock hits like four F5s and like elbows Cody and Cody's laid out. And they, they cut backstage and Pharaoh's barking like, I don't know. But what are the odds that Brandy comes out and calls Rhea Ripley a white bitch at, at any point? Oh, don't, don't even put that in the universe, Kevin. If that happens, <laughs> I'll, I'll take back everything I said about Cody needing to win at WrestleMania. Thank if that you. happens, I will redact everything I've said and I'll, I'll try and take down our Cody Rose Roman Reigns debates because, oh my God, if that happens three months after WrestleMania, we've got Cody versus Dom, non title, <laughs> random match on a pay per view. Brandy comes out screaming as aw like you've got pharaohs get, getting in segments you just it might as well be just aw cody Rhodes. so I'll, I'll i'll apologize to you for my argument if that happens but hopefully not hopefully brock just comes down assaults cody maybe dom flukes a win and that's all we hear about for six months yeah everything i predicted would come true at that point about cody going off the rails as soon as brandy comes out on tv it's over that's it forget it cody's done he's 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 washed uh, all right let's talk about the tag the women's tag team match Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Um, I'm not sure who's asking for this. Any listeners? Are any of you asking for this? Any of you actively listening for uh, listening to this and you know watching WWE and requesting Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler to defend their tag team titles? Are we requesting them to be champions still? Uh, they've been champions for what four months now, three whatever three months, and they haven't done anything. So, I, I don't know. Can you tell me one thing that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler have done since winning the, the, te- the Women's Tag Team Championships? All I can remember is the match they won the titles in at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. where it was like eight minutes, the crowd is not into it, you're watching it, you're watching it, 
Shayna Baszler is just apparently injured. Ronda just comes in for the first time in the match, locks in an armbar and just wins and walks off. So that, that, that's, that was a great way to start this run. We're now three months later, Kevin. And as you perfectly say, kind of what's happened since. Like, where are we at? Liv Morgan returned and Raquel Rodriguez has a back. That's really the storyline. Raquel does the lat spread. That's quite literally the storyline. So this match, Kevin, as you perfectly summed up earlier in the show, this will be me getting KFC. This will be, you know, your chance to, you know, have the bathroom break, go outside, get a bit of fresh air. You know, you can, like, all our listeners or anyone watching the show can drop and give 20 push-ups while this match is going on. You know, like... It's wait, wait, wait. Are you insinuating that me and our listeners don't touch grass, pal? No. I'm just saying it's a chance <laughs> anyone to get fit. Pal, I did a push-up challenge in June. I did 3,123 days. So Whew. push-ups in my life, pal. But point being, this match is just sort of there. And as you touch on, what's the... Per- Kevin, you mentioned Dom and Cody. What about this match? Will this match have cataclysmic, savage steamboat-like ramifications on wrestling, Kevin? Will you be telling your kids, your grandkids in 25 years saying, look, I did a podcast. It was called Elite Hate. It went for X amount of years. It was a legendary wrestling podcast. Millions listened. And the match that defined it all was Raquel and Liv. Raquel, whose gimmick is that she does the lat spread, versus Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Women's tag titles, Money in the Bank, London, that match is the, the cherry on top of my podcasting, my, my wrestling fandom. Will that be you, pal? That is ludicrous. That is so ludicrous. Maybe it will be. Maybe this match will knock, knock my socks off, pal. Maybe this match will usher in a new era of women's wrestling. We don't know. Now, let's talk about this match. What I, will, what I do know about this one is this going to be a good match. And that is the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Going to be yes. good. Regardless of who's in there, it's going to be fun. You know, we've got Eosky, Trish Stratus, Bailey. Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, and Zelina Vega. Now I'll ask you, which one is not like the other in comparison of that entire roster? Fill that in. I'll leave that up for interpretation. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen here. I personally want to see Trish Stratus win. I, I yeah. think that'd be great. Trish Stratus is coming out for nine months with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Like, yeah, I'm the bad bitch. I'm the OG. I'm the one. <laughs> yeah. I can still do this at 50 better than all of you at 20. Like that, that, that'd be good. That's good content, you yeah. know. And then she could have like her and Bailey do like a tug of war over the briefcase in in September, you know. Bailey's like, give it to me, give it to me, you know. Whatever they can do, tons of fun yeah. stuff with with uh, Trish Stratus as Miss Money in the Bank. So yeah, yeah. I, I just go to predictions. Uh, what do you think, pal? Oh, I I fully agree with you. I think Trish is the, the the best option. They can do a bunch of fun segments. Trish can they can do a segment. I don't, know, I don't know what they call it. I'll think of some good name. But Trish is in the ring, does the usual promo, and then goes, something's in the briefcase. What's in the briefcase? I'm going to open it up for you guys. Oh, no. What's oh, in no. there? And oh, then no. you can open it up. It can be like embarrassing photos of Becky Lynch or I don't know what. They can, they can do a bunch of stuff with it. They can have her. I thought you were going somewhere else with this. I, I, that's all I'll say. Really? Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I was I'll, thinking Seth Rollins 2014. No, 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 no. We're not going there. We're not going to Kobe Lopez and those leaked photos from 2015. Kevin, what I will say is this. Trish Stratus coming out with the Money in the Bank briefcase, literally coming out saying, acknowledge me, I'm the one. I think that would be hilarious. I think that would be great. Compared to who else is in this match, I look at Zelina Vega. She had her big like 2023 
career-making moment at Backlash against Rhea Ripley and involved the LWO. She's sort of, I guess, more made this year. She's already, you know, elevated enough. Becky Lynch is Becky Lynch. She's probably, in my opinion, the biggest star of the last 10 years of women's wrestling. She's like like the star, so she doesn't really need it. Uh, Zoe Stark, she just got there. Don't need to give her money in the bank right away. Bailey, I mean, maybe, but you don't really need to. Bailey's made. I mean, she had her 2020 run where she was like the face of women's wrestling. So she doesn't really need an EO Sky. She's still, I guess, I feel like still building. And what are you really going to do with EO Sky as money in the bank? Is she going to come out, cut 20-minute promos, scathing promos about, you know, Bianca Belair, Oscar, Rhea Ripley? Like, not really. So Trish winning makes the most sense. She can cut the promos of the briefcase being a heel saying, I'm going to cash in on X or maybe I'm not. Ha <laughs> you have to wait and see. Acknowledge me. I'm the one. I was here 20 years ago. Vince McMahon, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> there you go. All Thank good. you, pal. All right, now let's um let's talk uh, Gunther versus Riddle for the Intercontinental Championship. So, what's the storyline for this? I, I'm not I've not been paying too close attention. Do you know? Is is it just Gunther's upset that Riddle does coke? Like what 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 is the storyline um, here? To put it very simply, Gunther's pissed off because Riddle doesn't respect wrestling and respect the ring, and Gunther thinks he's a clown. Oh, basically. yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay, that that jogs me. Yeah, so the storyline is yeah. actually Gunther's just Gunther's annoyed and he's angered by Riddle being like a, I mean, whatever term you want to throw out. You've used a few of them in this podcast alone. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's basically where this at. That's basically where it's at. But and once that's again, awesome. this actually it's Gunther. shame him. Triple H, Paul Levesque, Nick Khan, shame him like they did to Jeff Hardy in 2020 and in 20 in 2009 with CM Punk. I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but shame him. Great. Good. No, I, I was just going to say, yeah, this match will be probably 10, 12 minutes. Good match. Gunther will retain. He'll keep building towards being the longest reigning IC champion ever. Uh, Riddle will not win this match. But Riddle's a perfect opponent for Gunther. You know, guys like this, I mean, Gunther can make anyone interesting. He made Ali pretty interesting at night of champions so yeah gunther's a g the match will be good but you know we know who will win i cannot i wonder what the uh vegas odds are for riddle winning this match but yeah, let, me, let me check yeah, that out yeah. what are the odds we get a randall keith orton appears well kevin I'll, I'll touch on this now while you pull that up as far as surprise returns because this this is a big show it's in london i think as far as surprise returns out of these three do you think any of drew mcintyre brock lesnar or randy orton will return I think Randy Orton's the best way. What you said, you said Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and who? Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I think Randy Orton's the, the best. No, actually, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't know. Really? I don't know. Oh, I, I, I want to I say Brock, but like Brock's been on every pay per view, so like I don't know if they're gonna have yeah. him again. Maybe you know, but I, I think Randy Orton. Yeah, I'd say he's the guy. Right, yeah, I see. think. I mean, I will get to. Okay, we'll get go to ahead. Go ahead. more. Yeah, pal. What? What? So what? What are the odds? What are the? What is Vegas saying? Do, do Vegas think? Matt Riddle will dethrone Gunther. They got the Cokehead at plus 700. And then they have Gunther at a minus 2,000 favorite. Wow. Uh, gee. Wow, that's very profitable, pal. You got to bet $2,000 to win 100. Nice. That's right. Yeah. All right. It's free money, at least. Free money. So there you go, pal. Um, but that being said, I want to move on to this match because this is a match which I'll just Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. This is a match we're talking about here. This is for the WWE world heavyweight championship with seth rollins and finn balor uh this is i mean 
Rollins is, once again, pretty over. He's getting good crowd reactions. Balor, he's still the Judgment Day leader. There's been friction in that group. They've built this up decently. You know, it hasn't been like an incredible build, but it's got segments each week. They're selling real legitimate beef between the two. Rollins saying that he's going to finish what he started in 2016. Balor saying, I never lost the title seven years ago. I deserve a match. Is what it is. Uh, I remember in 2016 when Finn Balor walked in the door and within five minutes was gifted the Universal Championship. I was like, what the hell? I, I was like, this is a joke. What's he done to deserve this? That was my reaction. I just gradually stopped watching Raw altogether. That was my response to Fergal being gifted a championship as he walked in. Now we're seven years later. Finn's more established. He's had a main roster career. He's a made guy in many regards. Seth Rollins is the champion of the now. Kevin, I'll throw to you. What's your prediction? What do you expect from this match? I wonder if uh, Seth Rollins will try to injure Finn Balor again. Like he did at SummerSlam 2016. Who knows? What's going to happen with that? But the, the match, I mean, it was, it was good in 2016. I thought it was a like, damn good match. So this one should be better. Both these guys are better. They're, they're now veterans for another seven more years. Um, like you said, Finn Balor is more established. He wrestles at WWE style a lot better than he did at that time. Uh, Seth Rollins is, an, is in his absolute peak. Uh, he's the 1B or whatever, the number two to Roman Reigns, however you want to classify them. Um, and he's very much on Roman's level. You know, he's he's very much like at the top at the top of wrestling right now. You're you're making faces, but it's true, pal. He's not on Roman's level, but carry on. Carry uh, he, on. He's he's there. I mean, he's not he's not better than Roman, but he's in that in that conversation. Come on, come on. You're not you don't even like Roman. Stop defending him. You don't even like him. I don't want to hear this. You're not a Roman Reigns fan. Slanderous thing. You're to a say. Cody Rhodes fan. You. You're a Cody Rhodes you fan. You're a Cody Rhodes fan. You're not a Roman Reigns fan anymore. I have archives of footage of you criticizing and. And just dethroning the name of Roman Reigns, pal. You've you've washed his name through the mud, just completely dragged it through all kinds of mud and rocks, pal. I don't want to hear it. You're a, you're a Cody Rhodes stand. Now back Put to your the- glasses back on. Okay, <laughs> back to this match. Seth Rollins, yeah. Finn Balor, Fergal, your favorite wrestler, Fergs, your boy. <laughs> the one the one who aired his nuts out on a live SmackDown in July 2021. Uh, another anyway, life-changing experience for me. I remember watching that live. I was, just, I was just like, what am I watching? This, this is the guy who's being inserted in John Cena versus Roman Reigns. The two biggest stars of the last 25 years. And you've got Fergal airing his, his nuts out on SmackDown. Oh, I'm getting PTSD. I have so much PTSD right now. Nonetheless, Kevin. Oh my God. Carry on. Yes. Whew, okay, where were we? Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Singles match, World Heavyweight Championship. Seth Rollins is going to win. Heavyweight, heavyweight championship. Yes, heavyweight. On. Yes, we got to emphasize that. Seth Rollins is going to win in a convincing fashion. I don't think there'll be any, inter- well, maybe there'll be interference, maybe. But I don't think there'll be interference. I think this will be just a straight up one-on-one wrestling match. Probably go like 25 minutes. It'll be high, high, <clears throat> hot and heavy, high octane, a lot of action. It'll probably open the show. That'd be my guess. And I'm here for it. I think this is going to be one that people look at. It's like, wow, that could be match of the year, at least from a WWE standpoint. I think it, it when it's all said and done, I think it could get there. All right, pal. Are you ready to talk about... Now, I'll say one more thing. One more thing before we okay, move go on. Ahead, go my ahead. prediction for this, I think... What do you mean, what do you mean pal? No, I think it's serious. <clears throat> I think Rollins will win. And then after the match, he'll be you know waving the title around or something will happen. And Drew McIntyre's musical hit. I think they'll do a Drew Rollins face-off and then they'll set up the SummerSlam match between the two. 
That's what my prediction is. Um, they're either doing the face-off at Money in the Bank or they're doing it on Raw. Because to me, Seth Rollins' SummerSlam opponent is clearly Drew McIntyre. If it's not, I don't really know where they go with Seth Rollins. Like he, Rollins can wrestle anyone. That's the beauty of Rollins. But a Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, SummerSlam, World Heavyweight title match, that just seems like the, the money match. So I agree. I agree, pal. Yeah. All right. Got to keep it moving here. We're running out of time, pal. Yeah. So we've got uh, the Bloodline match. Uh, the Bloodline Civil War. Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa with Paul Heyman versus the Usos. Jimmy and Jay there, John, or Jonathan and Josh, as they told us on TV. What do you think? I'm looking forward to this quite a bit. As I'm on the same page as you, this is the match I'm most looking forward to. I love the, where they've gone with this in the last month, especially. I think, as we discussed last show, this, well, as I discussed personally, this bloodline storyline, the last real month, it's really picked up. Because in the two months after WrestleMania, to me, I was like, what are they doing? Seriously? Like, what is this? Roman's just sitting at home, racking up days. Cody should be champion. Our bloodline story is like Jey Uso, Solo Sakura, and Kevin Owens. And Sammy's like, what's going on? That was my opinion. Now they've really amped it up. You got, you know, Jonathan, Joshua. I love that. Joseph Anawaii, Solo Sakura. Heyman's like having breakdowns and he's smiling and he's crying and he's like angry and it's great stuff. So yeah, I think this match will be excellent. I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be the, the match of the night. This will be the match that you talk about coming out of the show. This will close the show because Roman Reigns is involved. I don't know where they're going to go with it. What swerve they're going to pull, what lever they're going to pull in this bloodline story. We know that it's going to roll on regardless and that this show, as has been the case, all the other pay-per-views will provide something, whether it was a Jim Uso turn or whether it was, Jay once and for all saying no to Roman and maybe Solo teases he's going to turn on Roman or maybe Heyman walks off. Who knows where they're going with it? Maybe Roman stands tall and dominates and wins and they go from there, Kevin. I don't know. What's your prediction? What are your thoughts, pal? I don't know. This was kind of hard to predict because <clears throat> there's not a lot of circumstances or stakes on the line, really. It's just like, it's almost like um, that Civil War movie. Where it's just like Iron Man and Captain America, they're gonna fight because it has to happen. It's just like that. Like there's no titles on the line. There's no like pride or anything. I mean, the Usos already left the bloodline, so we know that it's not like they're fighting to stay in the bloodline or anything like that. Um, I expect this just to be balls against the wall, an incredible tag team match. We're gonna get some great spots. I'm sure Roman will do the top rope plancha and we'll get stuff like that going crazy. Um, I don't know prediction wise. It's hard to imagine Roman losing on pay-per-view. You know, I, yeah. I just, I see it ending with maybe Roman spears both his cousins at the same time, stacks them, pins them, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm the tribal chief. Yeah, that's what you get. Yeah. yeah. Just like when we were kids, I used to beat your ass. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just going to be like that, I think. I think they're going to do something where either Jimmy or Jay, one of them either get handcuffed or they're in a situation where they can't, they're, they're helpless, basically. Maybe solo, like, locks one up and like forces like one Uso to watch Roman just decimate the other Uso. They're going to do some really good storytelling stuff like that. It's a tag match. As I said, and we both agreed a few shows back, Roman in many ways, is a better tag team guy. It really brings out the best of his character skill set. He's going to be talking a lot of trash, all the personal shots. He'll be chilling on the apron. He'll, they'll cut the camera to him. He'll be making some really arrogant face. He'll say some really personal stuff about Joshua or Jonathan. He'll, you know, say something personal. It'll, it's going to be really good. It's going to be excellent. It's going to be the match of the night. Uh, it'll, 
I mean, it might be the match line will be the, the spot fest men's money in the bank, but really I think it'll be this match. I think this has been the match we leave the event talking about. This will be the one we thought, oh my God, it's the most excellent. I think Roman wins as well. I agree. I don't think Roman loses again. On pay-per-view, he lost the money in the bank. In that tag match, I, I can't see him losing again. There'll be shenanigans in some way, shape, or form. It's a bloodline match, but Roman walks out with the win, I feel like. Yeah, that's it. Roman wins. Money in the bank, 2023. That That's all she go. That's all she wrote. I can't even talk today. Seven matches. It's going to be fun. Hi, right, pal. Now, shall we talk about... Uh, what, what did you pilot this? I piloted this segment. I called this our discussion segment around the world because I was like, we can talk about any topic. We're both on, both on opposite sides of the planet. Why not? I like you it. Know? Because we, we could call it like Kevin's Corner, but like, uh-huh. uh, like I could, no, that's bad. You know? That's bad. No. You know, so Kevin, what I want to discuss, you touched on this earlier just before regarding your Elimination Chamber story. Yes. I think just tell listeners that. And then, I mean, if that, Depending on how that goes, I can make the main thing we talk about today. Then we can talk about what we had planned another time. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But Kevin, Elimination Chamber 2021, you had a story to share. Talk to us. Yes. This is legitimately that that review was like a pivotal point for me in my personal life. Like, like not, not like no joke, no BS. I was so angry. Like you, like, you don't understand. I was so legitimately angry that I was angry at how angry I was. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I angry over a children's show? You know? Like, I, like I remember... Um, what was like that was what a sunday that was like february right yeah so this was still pretty deep in the pandemic um and i was like i don't know why but my my ex at the time she lived like near me before she moved and i was like going to see her and she was like yo you gotta relax bro like you gotta calm down like she's like "I, i watched that review that's so unhealthy one like that's unhealthy she's like two why are you so upset about a children's show and three is like you know he's like like in order for us to keep doing this you need to relax you know like you need to calm down over wrestling like you can't be freaking out over wrestling and then like me like me i was like nah, f- like fuck that like i like what i like you don't like me talking about wrestling get over it like you know what i mean so um it was like one of those things and then on top of that it changed the way i thought about sports like i stopped trying i, I stopped getting so invested in sports like i, I stopped watching um, I still get invested, but I stopped watching, like, the Mets and, like, the Knicks from the same light, you know? Like, more so the Knicks. I still watch the Mets and get heavily invested. I haven't watched them at all this season because they lose so much. Like, I can't watch it. I get so angry. I'm, I'm trying to c- control that. But this was, like, this was, like, a point where it's like, man, I really got to calm down. Like, this is so bad. It was so bad, bro. And I, I think, I, I don't think I've done a pay-per-view re- review since then, I'm pretty sure. Um, <clears throat> like, it, it influenced the whole change with my direction on YouTube. I changed just like I stopped doing the bonafide heat stuff like shortly thereafter. Started doing the the more journalistic, serious videos. Um, <clears throat> like the, this the podcast. I don't know. Our podcast lasted what another maybe like three four months after that. It was just like like I was just done with wrestling pretty much after that, bro. Like almost you know that was so. Whew, it's cringy. It's cringy looking back at it, but I watch it now and I laugh. Because it brings me back to like a time in my life when things were so, I guess, simple. But it was so funny, bro. It's so funny watching that 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 review. But yeah, hopefully that story was as good as I hyped it up to be. Um, but, but yeah, go ahead. No, that's good to share. It's interesting because I remember that. I remember that was such a thing. I remember specifically that day. 
I'm at work. I check my phone. It's like 2.30 in the afternoon. I quickly just go to Twitter. I'm like, all nation chambers today. Anything happened? What's going on? I'll check it out when I get home, make a video or whatever. I look at it. The top thing was just that picture of the Miz with the title. I thought, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I, I've got, I'll, as soon as I get home, I'm watching. I know Kevin's on a video here. This is going to be <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And I went, I watched all like, This is one of the most, like the best. That's one of the best review I've seen since like the Blue, the Bruce Blitz reviews from like a decade ago. It was that intense. That or Smartbusters reviews. Not that in the same ballpark. Those ones were like legitimately like hateful reviews. That's why it was funny. Your one was just it was like so impassioned. It yeah. was entertaining, and because everyone at the time, especially knew you as oh he's the guy who hates the Miz and yada yada. And you know obviously now, what is it two and a bit years removed? Your you know your identity's yeah it's, it's journalistic. It's things. I and most people didn't know details, all that, real structured, formulated videos like that, which has changed quite a bit. But yeah, back then it was literally, yeah, Miz. It was, oh my God, Miz one. He's, Kevin's just going to go off. Yeah. I need to say this. What's, what's he going to say? And then the legendary review. I, I feel like I, I need to go to school and I'll go to bed and wake up for school tomorrow. <laughs> it's the eighth grade. The Miz <laughs> is WWE champion in 2021. The Miz. And then proceed yeah. to go off so no yeah it's just it's just interesting looking at the arc of bona fide hate wrestling uncovered pal yeah yeah I, I can't go to too much detail how, how that affected personally how that affected me i i think mm. I, what i said is enough um, yeah probably more than what i should say no, but, it, it's like your it's your equivalent of um when cena lost at wrestlemania 28 and they have the video packages that match sent my life into a tailspin <laughs> you know yeah. you say like the articles of like Cena, he's like, you know, he's sitting there um, in the video packages for WrestleMania 29. He's like, it's like the redemption thing. He's, he's all, you know, Cena's lost. He's, he needs to redeem himself. He had a big personal struggle. He's had this professional issue. And now he's, he's back better than ever. It's, back, it, Kevin's just living out a Cena versus Rock pal. Oh, yeah. This is the equivalent, the exact equivalent pal. Um, Obviously, yeah. But now, let me just get, add a little more tidbit to this. So I, that was the peak of my experience on Twitter. Like, I, I think that was my absolute peak uh, on that platform, part of the community. I had, like, no joke, I had, like, I think I probably had, like, a thousand notifications on, on Twitter that night. It was crazy. Like, and, and I tried to read all of them as, as, as I do. Uh, I had messages. I remember the group chats. I was in, like, six group chats. Everybody, every group chat was like, yo, Kevin's about to fucking die. I can't wait for this review. This could be the craziest. Uh, Heat's review is going to be crazy. I'm getting mentioned. Like people are mentioning me on the on the graphic of Miz with the championship, the picture of him with the championship, the clip. Like people are like, "Oh, I can't wait for your review." Oh my god, you're probably dying right now. And it was like, oh man, it was crazy. And and, and I was like I said, I was so angry that like like I was angry at myself. And I remember I, my my ex at the time was so pissed at me because I was like, uh, we were supposed to have dinner. I was like blowing her off. I was like, yeah, we go later, whatever. We'll do this like. Just wait. Just give me some time. Show's almost over. I got to do a review. End up taking like a half hour, hour, however long it was to do that review. She was so mad at me. Like we got into this like big fight. It was crazy, bro. It was like all this over the Miz, and I was like, man, oh, what was, what am I doing? Like I got a thousand notifications. People know me as like this guy that hates the Miz. It was really, it was really um reflective time. I was like, I'm too old, man. I'm too old for this. You know? <laughs> too old to be known as a guy that hates the Miz. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. Yeah, I just wanted to do nah, something more yeah. like. Uh, I'm sorry, I just wanted to do something more meaningful. You know, now I feel like the content I do on Twitter is now more meaningful. You know, and the content I do on YouTube and this podcast, everything's more meaningful. So, it was pivotal, pal. 
And then just, yeah, we're now coming full circle that like your content now, for instance, and you're not telling me to say this. Like, I think your content is really good now. It's phenomenal. And I'm not saying it was, it's enjoyable for different reasons. The stuff I watch now, I get genuine value out of. Like I watched, for instance, the, the RVD video. And obviously for me, at least I knew RVD, there was an arrest and that his career was sort of derailed from being a main event top guy. I didn't know details. I don't know specifics. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. But thanks to the video you make and on these all these topics, which for between like five and ten minutes, I get filled in. It doesn't drag. Some people, if they were doing that same video you did, it goes 30 minutes, it goes an hour. And it's like a long form, long-winded thing. Just like our podcast, you're straight to the point with it. What do I need to know? Presented well, the music, new music, Kevin, on the videos. I see that. I see that. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's not the MJF music. That true Stratus bark like a dog in 2001. But no, like it was good. I, I, I like the format, so there you go, pal. I'll late back slapping hate, pal. Yeah, I appreciate that, pal. I appreciate it. Yeah, wow, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, crazy. That was like, dude. That was like, I, I, everybody, and everybody loves me for it too. That's the thing. It's like every time I hear like. Somebody in the group chat on Twitter was like, oh, please send me that video. Because, like, I private it now. They're like, send it to me. I was like, here, sure, whatever. I get, like, a little PTSD in the back of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, it just yeah, it showed me that, that quality is better. You know, like, like, quality. Like, focus on putting stuff out there that people really can gravitate to. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and that, that affects me yeah. in every aspect of life. So. Well, then, and one other thing also, like, I think anyone who's done youtube level we have or for like the length of time because i started making kind of end of 2019 and yeah it's sort of tailed off in the last year and a bit just because i'm in many regards with me i've sort of done all the video ideas i want to do and I've, I've made a bunch of content where i look at it and go you know I, that like if what i want to keep if i want to keep going it's just going to be me just doing these same ideas over and over or trying your ideas i'm not like desperate to try like I can try and make, I can make documentaries. Like I can do a, like I want to do like a Hulk Hogan career documentary. That's been done. We've seen that. Why would someone care to watch me do one, which is going to take like 25 hours to make sort of thing, you know? So that's sort of where I'm at in, in regard. But what I was saying there, if you've done it for as long as we have, you've had ideas, moments, videos where you've thought and you kind of look back and it's like a sort of defining time. You go, what sort of, I remember one time I was, I was doing in 2020, in june or july saying undertaker ten thousand times and i remember i was recording that that took two hours of me saying the undertaker and i i, I look back i'm like why not do that you know like some of the things you do and it's all part of the the big process and the big growth like, i mean this elimination chamber thing for use got you now to making the you know the journalistic videos now you know your schedule's a bit clear a little bit and you, you know, you're making these consistent videos and you don't you know really found something that you're invested in making which is why like your channel i mean i'd predict your channel is going to pop off sooner rather than later with how with the videos you're making hopefully so there's that for me i'm sort of on the contrary where i'm like and many i've had my channels already kind of popped off in 2021 i've made the videos i really want to make i've kind of put the videos like what if sam punk left wwe these big what ifs what if i took over i've done three of them I've done the big videos about WWE's best it's been in years, a heap of content. I've covered every base I want to cover. And now as far as like the wrestling space, I'm like, I don't really feel like 
what, what do I still need to make? Right. Because I'll get someone like Superkick Studios, for instance, who listener of the show, shout out. He's yeah, shout out to him. Consistent, incredible content. I look at that and go, like, if I was really, if I really wanted, to, you know, if I had this like, burning passion, I'm like, that's why I probably could be something like that. But I just don't have that same drive or desire to, right? Which is a bit, it's a bit like, oh, what if, what if? But at the same time, I've made that call. I don't make the videos, you know, you look at my channel, what's theirs, what's there. I don't pump out videos nearly the same as he does or gifts or these sort of people, right? And is what it is, you know, I don't have that passion to, they do, so. Are you done? Are you done making videos? Is that what you're saying? Are you retiring, pal? No, no, it's just, as far as the, the consistency, as you've seen now, it's, it's another, it was another burst about four, five weeks of, I don't know how many videos I made, like 20 something. I made quite a few videos actually. And about half of them I thought were genuinely really good videos. So there's a bunch of good content there. I already uploaded more this year than I did last year, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and we'll see. I plan on making what if the pandemic never happened. That will happen. I'm making that. That's going to be like That's the big awesome. hour long, oh my God video that you're going to watch and go, damn, Jimmy's really good at making videos. But outside yeah. of that, you know, don't really have plans. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think for you, your content style, um, you know, it's like you're like, uh, you, you, you change like as fast as the wrestling business changes. You know, you got like a new gimmick or like a new idea. Like when you were going in your prime, you know, yeah, you would be like, all right, this is the idea I'm sticking to. And then three weeks later, oh, going on this style of video, I'm going to do whatever you did, like the Roman centric stuff. And then you like yeah, pivoted yeah. to the what ifs and then you pivoted to like the rivalries. And, you know, yeah. it was just like, like, um, it was cool, but it was cool, you know, and it, and it, I feel like if you had stuck to one thing, maybe you'd have a different level of uh, passion, maybe. Yeah. Potentially, no, Potentially I possible. That. You know, you never know. Yeah, I see that. But yeah, I mean, the, the main thing I, I enjoy doing this like a lot. Like this is fun. You know, like the like the the conversation dynamic, the the podcasting is something different. Because with with YouTube, there's only so many times in my opinion I can just sit here four hours straight or an hour or just like pumping out a video. I feel like that's just sort of like yeah, I, I feel I've sort of done that already. You know, with my life, so this is something different. Like we've been uploading week by week. We haven't missed a Monday for late heats in mid-January. And it's now literally July next week. So that's six or eight months. Kevin, we've got, as we put in the community post, three months, next three months of week by week plan. And then about six months after that of like big time podcasting ideas. And, you know, where that goes, who knows? That's exciting. That's fun. That's interesting. So there you, there you go. go. Yeah. So, so there, was a, there was a comment that I made yesterday on the Elite Heat. Um, yes video of the podcast that that i guess you took except i don't know i wouldn't say took exception but yeah you want to do you want to speak about pal yeah yeah so as we get now on seemingly most of our elite content and i expected this and yeah. someone commented just like, jc when are you uploading again like what's going on <laughs> which is fair enough because it's sort of ambiguous like like what, what, what's jimmy doing like he uploads like every day for a month just about and then and then we just nothing it's like what's going on so we get that comment like kind of what, what's happening and then Kevin goes, quote, he's on the Elite Heat account. He's incapable of having two hobbies at once, which, to be fair, as you'll say, this spawned off back of a discussion we had probably like a month ago, just about... Let me, let me, say, let me interject real quick. He said this to yeah. me word for word. He said, I cannot focus on the gym and making YouTube videos. So I just reiterated that. I was like, hey, you can't, you know, can't have two hobbies. So. Yeah, which is where we're at a month ago. But essentially, Kevin, I do that much in my actual life. It's trying to... And with everything I've just discussed with... 
having felt I've done YouTube to the best of my ability for a few years with where I'm at now is enjoying podcasting more. I'm at the point where, okay, I do X, Y, Z and all this stuff. Eh, do I feel the need to do YouTube? Eh, is that really something? Is that, where's that on the priority list? So realistically, yeah, that comment you made, I looked at it at first. I'm like, Ooh, he's incapable. Is, is this a shot that I thought, as you said, I did kind of say that, but at the same time, you know, it's just, it, it's where it ranks on the priority list. And for me, yeah, making my own YouTube videos at the moment, I know this will disappoint, but it's not very high on my priority list. Uh, it's just elite heat is. So you get me talking about wrestling for an hour and a bit every other day, which is, I guess, a positive, but um, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean it as a shot, you know, yeah. obviously um, I saw, I just saw that comment and I, I just saw that comment. I was like, Oh, I'll say this. Then I put my phone down. didn't even think about it until I saw the right. run sheet the next day. I was like, Oh right. yeah. Beginning of the downfall question mark. Yeah, like, nah. yeah. It's over pal. Yeah. Lead heat's over. Um, yeah. no, I mean, I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't, I don't really, <clears throat> what's the word? <clears throat> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I mean, it's I, like nothing really in it. You sort of commented, put your phone out and moved on sort of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't think yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really think that it would be taken any kind of way. I thought it'd be taken as like a joke or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, I mean, I meant it as a joke, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like I, obviously you could go to the gym and make videos. Like it's yeah. anybody. I saw, it played into our discussion well for our around the world segment for this week. Oh, yeah. good. So there you go, pal. Um, but wait, 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 wait. What are your other hobbies, pal? You got you can't leave us on a cliffhanger. Okay, so <clears throat> a week in my life. So basically, if, just I'm gonna paint the picture. So you know, so I work full time. So what I'll do is generally, so, yes, start getting ready for work about six thirty a.m. in the morning. I'll leave at seven ten. I drive about 30, 35 minutes to get to work. Workday starts at eight, goes till five p.m. So eight a.m. till five p.m. Leave, get home about five thirty, five forty. So that's about an 11 hour block from about 6.30 to 5.30 with like the main part of the day. And then elsewhere from there, in the past month, it's been me doing push-ups and just generally doing this challenge like mental health awareness, but generally gym and fitness there. I did a marathon earlier this year, which that took six, seven months to train for. That was like the whole back end of last year, first four months of this year, doing like, I don't even know, in miles, 40, 50 miles of running a week, which was something. That was quite the challenge. And now I just do weekly running generally. We do a late heat. I don't count this as like a, a thing where I'm like, oh my God, do that. this is fun. I'll, I'll wake up at 3 a.m. as I have for this to do it. I don't care. That's fun. I do football coaching. I coach like 60 kids with football. Uh, that's the sort of thing. Like I'm an engaging personality. I can explain things fairly well. So I do you're that. A, that's, you're that's, a football coach. Yeah, I know. Oh. So, Wait, uh, it's coach, um, soccer. Soccer? Or no, you... no, no, no. I was in the AFL, so Australian oh, rules. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, between like literally four to like eight years old, like that bracket, like uh, I'm like a basically like a PE teacher, only for like one sport. So I do that. That I'm, I think I'm fairly good. I get good, really good reviews on that. So there's that, which is the main priority. Obviously, your social life, family life, all that sort of thing. And then as a result, as everything, I'm just the laundry list of stuff. Then I get, I'm like, yeah, I feel like making a YouTube video about something I've probably talked about already. Yeah, nah, that's sort of where we got. So that's just a, a bit of a, I guess, an answer, some clarity for the listeners. That, that's my life, basically. Because um, right now it's 4.47 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. We'll finish this. I'll probably have another hour nap before I go to work. That's like an 11 hour block, as I said. Get home, probably going to go to the gym, maybe wind down for half an hour, have dinner and go to bed again. That's sort of like, how my life works so the so coaching yeah. so coaching working out and running hobbies i get really the main hobby yeah the main one so i get the most like fulfillment out of 
the, the kind of the coaching giving back sort of thing yeah that's cool. because because when it comes to the fitness thing i don't know we can maybe have a discussion another time or we can carry on here there's only so much you can do with fitness it's like you know you feel good about yourself you feel strong you feel fit that's really the main redundant thing. i know that it's like okay will i be any inherently happier will it matter to my life if i can bench press five kilos extra and we've had this discussion if, if my running time is 10 seconds quicker Will that make that my life that much different? Well, no, it's how you feel about yourself generally within that space. So, yeah. Yeah. So, pal, you yeah. mean to tell us that that you don't want to, you know, do all those things you're doing, run a marathon, get back home at like ten o'clock, right? You don't want to make a video before you have dinner, and then, then get prepared to get up at six thirty again in the morning. You don't want to spend two hours to make a video, pal. Pal, I don't want to run on four hours sleep for a full-time job and all the other stuff i do to make a video about how Liv morgan deserves better and should be pushed you know and like it's just it's it's a priorities thing like three years ago when i was in year 12 that was was 2020 i was in 12th grade and then 2021 when it was like covid and it was like my first year out of school that was when like i was like really going at youtube i was like this you know really fun i want to see where i can take the channel whereas like now with my life i'm like yeah you know, like I'll make the YouTube videos sparingly when I can, when I, when I have time, when I have a long weekend, for instance, or when my schedule opens up a bit or that sort of thing, I'll try and knuckle down and make a video. But elsewhere, it's like, well, well so. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week's episode, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. been a good preview, pal. That's been a good hour and whatever preview. Yeah. Hour and 20 minutes, pal. All right. We'll talk to you guys on the next one. Thank you all for listening so much. Peace.